This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things ag bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science and ag tech. We're joined today by a longtime food exec whose new company is making it possible to enjoy pizza and other once carb heavy meals without the carbs. Informed by years at Kraft, ConAgra, and Dean Foods, he's changing the way people eat with just a few simple ingredients. Welcome Zero Carb Life CEO Omar Atia. Omar, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate you guys doing this podcast in general. I think it's great for people to learn more about how food can impact their life and their health. So, Well, you are right at the front, my friend. You are trailblazing. It is so good to see you in person. I saw you pitch at the Innovation Showcase a couple of weeks ago. Blown away with your story. I mean, I love the work that you're doing. We've got to get to zero carb life. But before we do, you've got an incredible background in food, leading big innovation. Give us give us some of the background. Give us the journey that is Omar sure. that brought you here today. Yeah, so I graduated uh, chemical engineering right here in Indiana, Purdue University, uh, and uh, immediately went to work for Procter & Gamble and uh, and then Cal Brands. So I, I, my journey was that I would sort of, you know, be excited and entrepreneurial. And so then I would be offered something bigger and, and, and what would seem better, you know, because it's obviously compensating better and, and, and giving more responsibility, which is as an entrepreneur. And when you're initially out of college as an entrepreneur, you don't realize what I really am after is, you know, to grow something that, that brings people together, but you learn to do that in the the place you are. So Procter and Gamble, Cow Brands, which is um, both of those were consumer products. And then I very quickly started my journey in foods at Kraft Foods and uh, and sort of never looked back once I got into foods. I was at Kraft Foods on the R&D side uh, and, and dairy, uh, mainly in cheese, and then uh, you know understood how to make products that are the lowest cost possible, but still quality enough and being able to tell a story in the market. That's kind of the game in, yeah. in the big companies. And so uh, and it's not like a, an evil game or anything, because I think I make it sound, so now that I tell it, it sounds a little <laughs> bit not not that great. That's what everyone's trying to do, right? Lower costs, increase quality, and tell a good story. At the same time, for us, it's, it was about sort of starting with solving a problem that's a real problem and not just yeah. only telling a good story. Uh, and so I had that inclination initially, but sort of pushed it down into my soul, <laughs> let it just tinker with my soul, and then kept going with promotion, growing in career, uh, so went from Kraft Foods to ConAgra Foods, um, you know, made ready whipped cream actually right here in Indianapolis and, uh, and table spreads. Then, uh, then went to Dean Foods, uh, food and dairy was growing the company by bringing factories together, consolidating, then went to, uh, Mead Johnson nutrition, which was baby oh, formula. Sure. So almost sort of, uh, R and D then operations, different types of foods, different way type of production. Cause baby formula is almost like an over the counter uh, uh, pharmaceutical because of how intense it is to keep it clean and to keep the environment clean. So I learned all of that and then became an entrepreneur in 2014 and then uh, came back to foods uh, with the beautiful story of the start of Zero Carb Life in 2020. It's incredible. Zero Carb Life, just a fantastic story of innovation and by definition, elegance. Simple, really easy to understand, just a few simple ingredients Share with us more about the product of Zero Carb Life and really what led to its creation. Sure. And no, I appreciate it. And I love the way you said that, the elegance, because that's that's even better than I'd say. 
Um, but really, that was created my, you know, I don't want to steal my co-founder's thunder. So Muhammad Ali, he's kind of the greatest of zero-carb life. But Muhammad <laughs> Ali, he he was a diabetic. He was 400 pounds. This is in 2006. And he just couldn't give up pizza. He loved pizza. And, and he knew of relatives of his that also had, had suffered diabetes. And th- there was always like this one or two foods that they just couldn't give up. And and his blood sugar would spike every time he ate pizza. He'd have to do other things. And he was like, there's got to be a better way. And so he started on this quest to invent something that could work for being able to enjoy pizza, not lose any of the taste, and still be able to not have your blood sugar spike. Well, I think it took him 17 iterations. As he tells the story, the first 16 were disgusting. <laughs> People were like, this is never going to work. What are, you do- what are you trying to do? What do you mean chicken for pizza? And so, uh, but but by the 18th try, it was like people were, oh, this is this could be something. And uh, at that point is how the product really was born. But then it kind of sat on the shelf, right? You know, he's he was he's an accountant who okay. you know just had a passion for food, but wasn't really on this other this parallel journey that I was on in a completely separate world. Um, and we didn't even know each other until you know 2016. A, a common friend introduced us, and I knew about their story from far because his friend in, had invested in him to open a restaurant, but that didn't make it because restaurants obviously have that other, you know, headache of, of a restaurant succeeding is like 5% of, of, right. of restaurants actually really succeed. Tough. So it sat on the shelf. And, um, and then with my background, I knew that number one, it could be commercializable with some tweaks. I also knew that we could, uh, again, commercial, uh, innovate more forms with my experience in R and D. And so that's kind of how we came together. And very quickly, we're able to validate the market and have just been blessed really to see the market being so thirsty for these types of products and, and for it to grow as, as fast as it has. And folks may not know, zero carb life, give us an idea of what it is. It's sure. bread replacement, right? Yeah. So really what we say is, uh, first of all, the rallying cry of the, of the company is it tastes better than or as good as it's carb loaded or it's unhealthy alternative. Because I want to say unhealthy alternative because- it's about bringing the joy and the happiness back in those foods that you eat when you're stressed or when when you're tailgating or when you're watching mm-hmm. a game or when you're just uh, you know at a pizza party as as friends and really at the end it doesn't have the unhealthy components so that's the rallying cry of the of the company and it's not just about the foods that are even in the pipeline now we want to do that for all foods um but it starts right now with carb loaded foods so we have these foods that we love you know, tacos and and chips and mm. and pizza and pasta. And uh, we actually intend to bring products into the market and have them in our pipeline right now that replace that with not only that you're rep- taking out the carbs, but what we do is we add protein instead of carbs. So it does two things. It lowers the carbs and the simple sugars, but then it increases satiety and increases very healthy macros for your body. It's a fascinating story. I mean, I just getting my head around this when when we first met each other this idea of saying hey i'm going to take chicken your protein right, source right. and use that as a bread rep- a carb replacement right, right. Like, that is a massive shift how how did you discover it and you've talked now you're going to bring this to other products sure and so you know when when muhammad invented it the first time i think he was told that you must be you know out of your mind that's not right. going to work and and right now i get the same story from people honestly so they now get it with savory foods. But when I tell people, hey, we're eventually going to make a cookie out of chicken, a chocolate chip cookie out of chicken, they they look at me like, okay, now you're just going crazy. <laughs> but I know we can because I know the food science behind it. I know the the resources that we can bring in from the upstream side. It can happen because it's all about, it's all about how your taste buds perceive 
and how the food spreads on the tongue. I've learned this from sort of my journey. Muhammad, for him, it was like about iteration. Right. I know what pizza tastes like. I know I need it, what I need to get it to taste like. And so when you combine those, those two experiences, that's really how we're able to make it happen. And then we have an amazing team, including the commercialization and supply chain team that really understands that this is unique and has to be treated uniquely. And so the first product to market, a pizza crust, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so we have we had a pizza crust. That's what we launched with. And we launched uh, first at direct to consumer. So we were just selling online first and with one restaurant chain that actually had was headquartered originally and, and launched by another Purdue grad, uh, Brad Niemeyer, uh, Aza Pizza. And so they were our first sort of partner to test out putting the crust on the menu, putting our brand on the menu, telling people, hey, if you want a zero carb alternative, you can do the cauliflower that they had already been right. doing, but you can try this. And when people tried it, they were blown away. So we knew that was validation. We very quickly grew into other restaurants, grew the direct consumer, and then started working on our frozen pizza product. And then very quickly started to upstream develop the other products because we knew. And so now we have two patents pending and we have a third one that's uh, on their tails and then more that are coming. And so our product pipeline right now is pizza crust, pizza, which is already in the market. Uh, both are already in the market. And then we have chips, taco shells, breadcrumbs, uh, and uh, pasta. And those are in the next 12 to 18 months to launch. And key ingredients in there, chicken's the primary source. It's chicken, olive oil, salt, spices. So that's what we start with on every product. The chips obviously will have a little bit of flavoring. Uh, but we try not to do preservatives because the beautiful the beautiful thing about this product form is that with the right time temperature, you know, a microbiologist will understand this, uh, and I'm sure you do as well. But with the right time temperature curve, you can do the right kill to where it stays uh, stable, you know, frozen. Some products can stay shelf stable. So our chips will be shelf stable for a certain duration, even though they're made from chicken. It's incredible. Now I want to go to shelf. So you're on the shelf now in a number of retailers soon to be on the shelf at Costco, as well as selling direct Sprouts. online, as yep. you mentioned. Yep. How are you scaling the company? I mean, the, the, the shift, the macro demand for, hey, got to get rid of carbs in my diet, just huge. Yep. I have to imagine demand is far greater than supply. It's, it is really uh, amazing that, that we have that kind of demand, and, and it is far greater than supply. And just as an example, you know, when we went to the Costco meeting, the buyer couldn't believe they couldn't believe it because they were like, look, we, we've been looking for innovation in pizza and we really want it to be on the crust side because there's there's so only so much that can be done with toppings. Right. He kept sending us back to the kitchen to get more of the slices because he liked it so much. And so we we realized the demand and it is there. Um, so I'll talk about the demand just for a moment because yeah. it's beautiful. You know, the reality is people have given up on taste when it comes to lowering carbs. That's what we really are wanting to change because the demand is there. So people are consuming cauliflower crust. Right. People are consuming gluten-free products. And it's not that we're, we don't, we don't dislike competitors. We love that there's competitors in the market. It validates the market for us. And it puts an anchor for when people taste our product, they're like, yes, okay, this is what I've been looking for all my life. And that's really what that demand is from is that there's so much out there that people are trying to reduce and to eat healthier, but they constantly assume that, well, I'll just have to give up on the taste a little bit. And, you know, they kind of convince themselves psychologically it's okay. We don't want people to do that. We want them to eat our product expecting it to taste as good as or better than and for that to be our rallying cry. So the way we're scaling, uh, there's two sort of sides to it. One is the supply chain and the other is the team and the, and the support uh, of the team. So on the team side, for us, it's all about culture and maintaining that solid culture that got us here. And really, it's about identifying top talent bringing in top talent that buy into the culture. And our culture is very unique. 
It's about uh, believing in that if we, you know, we have this hypothesis, if we help each other achieve our highest aspirations as individual, as individuals, that we have a balance in our life, that we, uh, our capacity for work and our passion for work will be undeniable. And that'll show in giving the highest aspirations to customers, to partners, to anyone really who comes into our universe. Uh, so that's kind of on the culture side, uh, how we're scaling is that we bring in top talent, maintain culture. On the supply side, we were able to identify. So from my experience, I knew that what I really, what we really need is to have full ability to, to grow supply-wise, but not the liability of assets on the company mm-hmm. early. So we were able to do a common partnership joint venture and grow an entity in Wakarusa, Indiana, in Elkhart County, right around the agricultural hub of the Midwest, and to be able to have a plant there that has a serious sizable assets that we are able to now produce the capacity we would need for Costco, for Sprouts, et cetera. And it has growth potential because of the building and land that's there. So all we'd have to do is put an order for an additional asset 12 weeks out. So we're able to foresee and forecast and then and then grow accordingly. And it's it's been a perfect. And then we're also doing redundancy validation of contract manufacturers because we know that, hey, you plan Murphy's Law, right? You plan for the right. for the best, but you assume the worst. And so we're we're making sure that if if something were to happen, something were to come into, you know, a, a wrench in the gears of the main manufacturer, that we also have other manufacturers that can support. We're talking with Omar Atia. He's founder, CEO of Zero Carb Life. Brilliant strategy, brilliant product. You've been in many big companies, Omar. And I think a lot of folks who are on the sidelines, I think of Mohammed is a is a perfect example of someone who has an idea, he goes out and tries it. You know, then there's the other side of the equation where you have a guy who's been in big companies. Now you're in this startup. You're in a market that's growing super fast. You've got this team, they're rallied. How's it for you as a leader to sort of bridge these two worlds and grow a product that is needed in the market? Yeah. So, you know, I'll I'll first say kind of what's the value of a small startup and what, what, and how do you, how do you maintain that as you scale and grow? You know, one of the values is nimbleness, right? So when you go to the big companies, it's, it's sort of inevitable that it takes longer to make decisions. It takes longer to pivot because you've got to have someone have the things they worked on checked by their boss who then has to get it aligned by their boss before they present it to the big boss who's making the decision. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the, the default, right? Uh, when you have a startup, it's a lot flatter and it's a lot more nimble. And so you can make those decisions on the fly and pivot much more quickly. And right now, pivoting quickly is the name of the game for everybody, even right. big companies. That's so, right. and, and so if they're if you're not poised for that, it's a challenge. The second piece is that really at a big company, you have this territorialism that ends up developing. Not at the, all big companies, but a lot of big companies. And what happens is people are foreseeing their career journey and the overlap of that with the success of the company means the area that they specifically can hang their hat on is the one that they want to make sure succeeds. Sometimes that's at the expense of other departments, quote unquote. And so you have the silo uh, culture that might develop. Of course, there's all kinds of exercises and and sort of consulting and, and work that can be done to offset that. In the end, it's really about a culture that's a grassroots culture that yeah. that doesn't allow that to even happen in the first place. And that's what a startup has when it's born. Now, the right startups that succeed and, and, and uh, you know, I feel blessed and 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 also am very keen on maintaining that we're one of those startups that as we're scaling, we're maintaining and having a very clear picture that culture is what wins, not product. Uh, people are what are, what are going to make us win. And having that rallying cry being authentic rallying cry 
it tastes as good as or better than or as good as it's it's healthy alternative and that that's what we're delivering that's the social impact we have on the world everything else will come and so when you when you do that and maintain that as you grow then you can start to have a larger company that that sort of represents that it won't be perfect like a right. startup is but it'll be a lot closer to it if you have that front of mind and you don't just have the profit front of mind or the growth or the exit we're we're poised for the exit so don't get me wrong we're we're when we talk to our investors we're talking about the exit we never sell out that's the key is that when it's about culture and people and what's going to help us win we it's been proven to us and i and i've been fine you know i was i was an alone entrepreneur for two years when i first went into the entrepreneurial journey uh we grew the team and so um selling out is not an option and that's kind of how we're going to maintain that bridging of the worlds of what we gained and the right. success that can make a large company successful bringing top talent doing the right strategy and maintaining the culture of of a small company. I love it. Omar, last question for you. Give us a sense of what's next for Zero Carb Life. And then look, the obligatory, how can people find you? How can they buy your product? Beautiful. So what's next is we have sort of four objectives. Brand, you know, I'll summarize them in words, brand, uh, chips, <laughs> and uh, scale into retail. I guess those are multiple words. So the the brand equity, you know, us us really being staying connected and growing our connection to the community of people. Zero Carb Life is about community and about the brand being about community, not just the brand being about, hey, we're this amazing brand that you need to know the name of. So being connected to that community and growing that connection and doing more to serve that community. The second is chips. We're bringing up the chips development because the market is really hungry for this type of product. The competitors that are out there, it's wonderful because they're validating the market. Right. We believe we're going to blow it away in terms of taste. We're going to blow it away in terms of uh, quality. And we're, we, you know, we just can't get it s as soon enough to cut a customer's hands. So we've moved up R&D and, uh, so, uh, and gr uh, launch of that. The third is growth uh, scaling for the retail. So we just grew into all 80 Chinook stores around the country. Sprouts is going to be bringing us in. Uh, we should be doing a roadshow road with Costco in the fall, which is going to lead to potential immediate growth. Uh, and then these other anchor retailers that we're very hot in conversation with that may say, hey, we need you guys, you know, yes. first of January. So we're really developing and growing into that scale, the scale into retail with solid understanding of how to get the word out to consumers, how to support the supply, never have a hiccup in supply. And then the fourth overarching objective is the raise that we're in right now. It's a pre-A round, and it's really to support all three of those objectives. Yeah. So we're raising a three and a half million target raise um, that with investors. We've had some amazing traction in the market, and we believe we're going to close very quickly. And we're probably going to get it oversubscribed like we did our seed round, which is a great problem to have. So we're looking forward to that, but that's to support. So those are really the four things that are on my mind day and night right now is, is uh, those four objectives. I love it. And they can find you online, Zero Carb Life. ZeroCarbLife.com. And, uh, and you can we also have Instagram, we have uh, Facebook, and we have, but ZeroCarbLife.com, go there and uh, your life will change. And life, L-Y-F-E. Oh, uh, yes, I'm sorry. It's, it's ZeroCarbLife, L-Y-F-E.com. And, um, and of course, you know, uh, connect with us. So try to connect on whatever social you're on because it's a community, not just ordering products. So order product online and then connect with the community. He is leading a movement, bold leader, Omar Atia, founder, CEO of Zero Carb Life. Man, it's been great to have you. I with appreciate us. it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening to Ag Bioscience for tuning in. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this 
by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes. And always, you can learn more online at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Mitch Frazier, panel episodes by Gary Dick, produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez, photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com. Yeah.